Welcome to the Seek 24 podcast. I'm John Michael Lucido, and I am so glad that you are here. This podcast is a place of community, collaboration, and inspiration created to invite and encourage you deeper into relationship with Jesus. So here we go. Just to start us off, I have a question. What did you want to be when you grew up? I, when I ask this question in my own house, I get an engineer, a fireman, and a trumpet player. And that's just from one of my kids. But they, they asked this in one of my sons in his preschool class. So you can imagine the answer that four and five-year-old kids are going to give. They were a princess, a ballerina, a unicorn. But do you know what the number one answer was? Ninja Turtles. Five kids want to be Ninja Turtles when they grow up. And now many of us, we're here this week at Seek 24. We're in the midst of our life where we're figuring out what we're going to be when we grow up. And the thing about those dreams we have when we're small is they often get shaped by the realities of practicality, stability, prestige, and a profession, how much money we can make. And so those dreams might change. And then we go off to university and we begin to study something, right? And our studies ultimately lead us into our professions. And those professions end up becoming our identities. And it doesn't matter how much good we are doing if you're the president of your fraternity, the captain on your soccer team, you're on dean's list and honor roll, you're a well-respected doctor, lawyer, you're a mother, or even a priest. These are not our deepest identities. But what is our deepest identity and where does that come from? Oftentimes we learn this about ourselves, our identities, in our family life when we're growing up. And for me growing up, to be my identity and what that was, I was learning what it meant to be a daughter in my own family. I'm the oldest of three kids in my family. And so, you know, I had certain responsibilities being the oldest child, being one of, being two, one of the two girls. We have, I have one brother and a sister. But what was that identity? Well, I think back to a very specific moment of my life, my 13th birthday, and a memory that shaped my own identity and my understanding of who I was as a child of my parents. On my 13th birthday, you see, my dad had a motorcycle when we were growing up. So if you were lucky enough, on a Saturday, when dad was typically going on his motorcycle rides, he would invite one of the kids to go. And if you got chosen, like you were the chosen child to go on the motorcycle ride. So on my 13th birthday, dad asked if I wanted to go. So that day, we head off into the hills, weaving up and down the windy hills of Connecticut, past all these farms, and we end up at the ice cream store, this corner country store that had some of the best ice cream. And I remember eating a peppermint ice cream, and then we made our way to the hockey store, because for my 13th birthday, I was getting hockey skates, and I was elated. And if you've ever ridden a motorcycle, you know what's required. You have to have total trust in your driver, and you have to be engaged in where the bike is going. Because if not, you're going to fall off. You're actually going to tip the motorcycle. And especially when you're going on twists and turns, you have to be able to lean into those. And so it was these motorcycle rides with my dad growing up that shared so much with me about how much he loved me and he cared for me and how he would keep me safe. 
and he did all of those things. But to the degree in which he did, I have come to learn that the love from our Heavenly Father exceeds all love from these human relationships and in our family life. The love from our Heavenly Father is far surpassing anything we can experience here on this earth. And when we go back to the beginning of Scripture, we open up the Bible. The first book is the book of Genesis, and we see God creating. He says, let there be light, and the light is good. And he creates the land and the seas, and it is good. He creates the day and the night and the seasons, and it is good. He creates the creatures and the birds, and it is good. But on the sixth day, he creates man, and it is very good. You see, man was created differently than all of the other creatures and creations that came before him. Because Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, says that God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. We are created in the image and likeness of God. The first paragraph of the Catechism of the Catholic Church says that God, infinitely perfect and blessed in himself in a plan of sheer goodness, freely created man to make him share in his own blessed life. You see, God created us out of goodness. He calls us and draws us deeply into his own family. And that is our identity, that we may be sons and daughters of the Father. And we have a perfect God who loves us perfectly. He doesn't need anything from us. You see, the story in Genesis doesn't go on to continue to say that man was loved for how worthy he proved himself of God and for all of the accomplishments he achieved and for how successful he became. No, man was loved because God created us good he made us worthy of his love. And he makes us worthy of his love every single day. Do we feel that we are worthy of receiving that love? We often have a hard time believing in that. But you see, God didn't just create man to be in relationship with him. He creates man to be in relationship with others. See, after he creates man on the sixth day, in the next chapter of Genesis, God recognizes it is not good that man would be alone. And so he puts Adam in a deep sleep. And from the side of Adam, from the rib of Adam, he creates Eve. And it is said that God did not create Eve from the top of Adam's head to rule over him, from the bottom of his foot to rule under him, but from his rib to rule alongside with him. You see, we are created to be in relationship with one another. When I was a student at the University of Connecticut, I was fairly convicted that my faith was important enough in my life, but it certainly wasn't everything. And after my junior year of college, I was really wrestling with my own identity. I had broken up with a boyfriend that I dated for many years, and I took this year of like self-exploration I'm gonna do all these things to discover my true identity of who I am. And one of those things that I did was I got to go to World Youth Day in Madrid, Spain in 2011. 
And I remember getting ready for this pilgrimage, feeling like the Lord is, is going to do something. He's going to move in my own heart. And he sure did. Because this experience, I was able to understand my own yearning and aching and longing to really know and be in relationship with God. So I came back to school. I remember coming back that semester before my senior year, and everything was different. And I wanted to put in habits in my life and in my schedule that would reflect how important God was now in my life. So I changed my schedule. I remember, you know, taking different classes so I could get to the 12 o'clock, 12.20 mass. Instead of taking that 12 class, I went to a class at 8. But it wasn't just in my own prayer life. It was with those around me. And every day, a friend and I, we would meet in the chapel in the afternoon so we can grow in love of God together. And she and I were in the midst of like the busiest season of our life. We were teaching majors, so we were in our student teaching. So after being with middle schoolers all day, I would escape to the chapel at 4 o'clock where she had just come from her elementary school. And she and I would just spend time in silence letting the Lord speak to us. We'd open the scriptures. We'd learn about Jesus' life. We'd learn about God's plan for humanity. But then our relationship was, in a way, that being lived out. So I knew I had to have the habits to be in relationship with God, but I also had to have the habits to maintain and stay in that relationship with God. In Genesis, it says that we are made in God's image and his likeness. What does it mean to be made in the image and likeness of God? We are made in his image so much that we can choose to love and to do good. And we are not reactionary creatures. No, but like God, we have the freedom to choose to do good and to love others. We're made in God's likeness through our habits and our virtues and our decisions. When those reflect those of the likeness of God, we get to live in this perfect harmony with God, our creator. And we don't always live in perfect harmony. It can be hard to live in perfect harmony with God when all of our decisions and actions, but there is someone who does, and we're gonna spend a lot of time this week learning about him, talking about him, encountering him. But it's hard to love a God that you don't know. And I think many times for us, our experiences in our life shape our understanding of God. None of us have grown up in a perfect home and have been loved perfectly. And for many of you, you have experienced profound brokenness in your own life. Maybe as a child, maybe in your adolescence and growing up, maybe that was in your adult life. And I'm sure those experiences and that brokenness has changed the experience of how you have come to know God. But God is love. He is the fulfillment of all our desires. When we were missionaries in Austria, one of the things that we loved to do was to host a big American Thanksgiving feast. In our first year, we hosted this because for Americans, we were homesick, right, for this big feast because they don't have Thanksgiving. So we went out, and what is the most important thing about American Thanksgiving? The big fat turkey sitting on the middle of the table. But we quickly came to find that turkeys in Austria were 
not quite as large as turkeys in America, because all we could find were five and 10 pound turkeys. And so we cooked our cute five and 10 pound turkeys. But we had shared with our students and with our friends, like in America, you can get a turkey that's 25 or 30 pounds. And I remember one of our students saying, I would not believe that that existed unless I saw it with my own eyes. I would think it was fake. And a few years later, one of our teammates, David, his brother is a pilot and happened to be flying. He flies all over the world and he happened to be flying into the airport nearest where we lived. And do you know what we asked him to bring us? A big old butterball turkey. And so he did and that Thanksgiving, we cooked our butterball 25 pound turkey, placed it on the table for 80 people to look at in amazement. People were taking pictures of it. They'd never seen anything so large in their life. And if you've only experienced five and 10 pound turkeys in your life, it can be hard to imagine a 25 pound turkey existing. And like God, in many ways, if we've never heard stories of God, if we've never heard the testimony of people who have encountered him, if we ourselves have not encountered him, it is hard to believe that he is really out there and that he wants to know us. But the truth is, friends, we are called into that relationship with our Heavenly Father. Whether you're aware of it or not, he has created you and I in his image and in his likeness. The second line in that first paragraph of the Catechism goes on to say, for this reason, at every time and in every place, God draws close to man. He calls man to seek him, to know him, and to love him with all his strength. Do you know that God is calling you tonight? Do you feel God calling you, seeking you, desiring to draw near to you. There's a story that Jesus tells his followers. It's a common parable that many of us know, but I want to talk about one of the people in the story that I think is often not talked about. In the story of the prodigal son, we have a father who has two sons. Now those two sons have taken very different paths with their father. The, the older son stays and remains with the father. But the younger son takes his inheritance and he leaves his father and squanders it. And for years, he lives a life of dissipation, far from his father, far from his identity as a son. And one day he decides to return. And what does the father do? It says, from a distance, the father sees him, has compassion, and runs out to his son. You see, the father in this story is God our Heavenly Father. He sees us from a distance and runs to us. Maybe God is running to you tonight. Maybe he is speaking through friends, roommates, small group. Maybe God is running to you this week but will you let him run to you and embrace you and welcome you as his child in your deepest identity as he has created you? In all major religions of the world, 
there is a search that man is searching, searching to be close to God, searching for God, to be near God. But my friends, Christianity is different than all the rest. Christianity is God's search for man. How will you let God search you this week? How will you let God speak truth into your life as, you're, as you are a son and a daughter of the Father? Thank you. Thank you so much for listening, friends. For more content from this podcast, please click the link in the episode description.